Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 87 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible, and I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to recognize and deal with distractions. I'm convinced distractions are one of the enemy's most used and most effective weapons. You have a unique purpose, and the enemy would love to distract you from accomplishing it. So let me ask you, what great thing do you feel God has placed in your heart to do? In other words, your why, your purpose, the very reason you exist. And it doesn't even have to be just one thing. Many times God places in our heart the desire to accomplish many things, and we should pursue those things. It is God's will for each of us to accomplish great things for him. Our purpose should guide our life decisions, influence our behavior, shape our goals, give us a sense of direction, and create meaning in our lives. Finding purpose is about doing what makes you feel fulfilled. And with that, you'll get an inner peace even when the world is falling apart all around you. Purpose thrives on believing what's possible, on dreaming up what can be, and by working passionately in the here and now. And with all this talk about purpose, maybe you're still searching for your purpose, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. No matter how young you are, it's never too early to start. No matter how old you are, it's never too late to start. Here's one way that I've seen God reveal his purpose in our lives. Don't disregard your interest. Your interests are not there by accident. The things you like, the things you enjoy, the things you're passionate about, they are there for a reason. God placed them there. God uses those to help reveal his purpose in our lives. So don't neglect those things. If you're searching for your purpose, pay attention to the things God has placed in your heart your interests, the things you enjoy, and then begin to cultivate those things. I feel confident that you'll find your God-given purpose in the interest that's already placed in your heart. So there's two types of purpose. And what I'm referring to in these two types is, first of all, there is a what I call a universal purpose. These are biblical mandates. 
This purpose is for all of us. Every one of us are created to follow the scripture, especially regarding our means of salvation, the Great Commission, worship unto the Lord, living a separated life, etc. Things that are in the Bible. These are universal. We all share that purpose. But the second is a personal purpose. This refers to our unique life calling. The Bible says of Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 and 5, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God called Jeremiah to a purpose before he was even born. And God has called you to a unique purpose as well. All of us are born with a God calling, not just preachers, not just prophets, not just evangelists, not just teachers, not just apostles are called, but you are called by God for a purpose. And you need to begin to see yourself as called by God. That's how important you are, and that's how important your purpose is. However, there is a threat to our purpose. You have a unique purpose that the enemy does not want you to live out. The enemy of your purpose is distraction. Distractions are one of the most effective weapons the enemy has against us. Every single one of us deal with distractions. Distraction is the enemy of purpose. A distraction is something that takes our attention away from where we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to be doing. Matter of fact, the word for distraction in Latin literally means to be apart or to drag apart. Distraction is anything that pulls our attention away from what God has called us to do, and it can come in many forms. Distraction comes from two basic sources. Some come from within. Many of them grow out of false beliefs we hold about ourselves or our abilities, Having a negative self-image can affect how we see our purpose, and not only how we see our purpose, but also how we pursue our purpose. So it's very important that we have the proper image of ourselves. So what image should we have of ourselves? Well, that's a great question, something that all of us need to walk through. We need to have an image of ourselves as God sees us. God does not see us as a failure, so we should not see ourselves as one. God does not see us as defeated and broken and hopeless, and we should not see ourselves as such. Now, I understand that this can be very difficult at times to manage and walk through. It's a battle that's not won once and never fought again. It's a battle that is fought continually throughout our lives. But you can make it. You can overcome because God has called you and God would not have placed a unique calling in your life had you not had the ability to accomplish what God has placed within. The Bible gives us two very powerful examples in the book of Luke chapter 21 and the book of Mark chapter 4. 
Luke 21 and verse 34 says to take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with the cares of life. And so that day come upon you unawares. And then Mark chapter 4 verse 19 says it this way, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. So the key of Luke chapter 21 verse 34 and Mark chapter 4 verse 19 is it uses cares of life and cares of this world. So I want to know what are the cares of life and what are the cares of the world? The word cares in the original text literally means distractions. Isn't that incredible? To be drawn in different directions. And so while we have a God calling, the distractions come from within, and they're part of the cares of life that pull us away from being fruitful. We need to overcome those distractions. And the other distractions come From the outside, these are the circumstances we're facing, the voices we listen to, and our spiritual enemy. While distractions come from two basic sources, they also come in two basic forms. First of all, they come in the form of a natural distraction. We all have a lot on our plate. We're all busy in natural distractions, everyday life, work, paying bills, cleaning the house, washing clothes, cooking dinner, family life, kids. These are things that cannot be neglected in the name of purpose, but at the same time, they can easily distract us from our purpose. And the second form that distraction comes in is the supernatural distraction. Distractions are one of Satan's most effective weapons. If Satan were to appear before us as a hideous monster with horns and a pitchfork, most of us would never entertain that. The devil is way more subtle than that. As the serpent, he distracted Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says the serpent distracted Eve from all the trees in the garden that she could eat from by focusing her attention on the one tree that she could not eat from. That's why the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6 that Eve saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. Her focus was moved from all that she could have to the one thing that she could not. The enemy distracted her from all of the good things and made her pay attention to the one thing. Eve's distraction did what Satan could not have ever done on his own. Now, distractions are something that all of us face, so all of us must learn how to manage them. And Satan uses them at key times because he sees spiritual things that sometimes we miss, times where God is about to use us in a powerful way, maybe before a church service, or maybe before a revival, or maybe before whatever area of life you're in, before an advancement in your job. 
And as those doors begin to open, most of the time before you even recognize it, the enemy will immediately come in and distract. Joshua chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 are very powerful because the children of Israel are getting ready to cross over into the promised land. For generations, for hundreds of years, they have been looking forward to the moment of crossing over. They've had setback after setback. They've also had miracle after miracle. But when they get to the Jordan River to cross over, Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 15 that when they came to the Jordan to put their feet in the water with the ark upon their shoulders and the people ready to cross, that Jordan had overflowed his banks. And the Bible says that it did that all the time of harvest. Now that's interesting. It lets me know that anytime I'm entering into something powerful, there will always be a distraction that I must overcome. Jordan overflowed its bank every harvest time. However, a flooded Jordan still must be crossed. You cannot let the flood distract you. Israel didn't let the flood distract them, and they walked across, the Lord parted the waters, and they entered into the promised land. This represents our lives. We cannot let the distractions of life keep us from the promises of God, from our purpose. The Bible gives us a great example of this in Matthew chapter 14, verses 23 through 28, where the Lord says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, Jesus went up into a mountain apart to pray, And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out in fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And the Bible says that the Lord told him to come. And Peter stepped out of the boat. He walked on the water. And as he began to walk on the water, the Bible says that he took his eyes off of Jesus. And he began to notice the waves and he began to feel the wind. And the word of the Lord says that he looked at this boisterous storm. And when he looked at the storm, he began to sink and he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord reached out and lifted him up. Peter did something incredible. He steps out of the boat by faith. He walks on the water under the power of the Lord. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, And he sees the storm. He gets distracted from walking to Jesus. And in his distraction, he begins to sink. So how does he not drown? He realigns his focus, his attention, back on Jesus. And the Lord lifts him up, and they walk on water 
back to the boat. And that's something that many times we don't think about. He didn't just walk on the water and go under, but the Lord lifted him up and they walked on the water back to the boat. The Lord has the ability to take you in the midst of all the distractions of life and help you realign and use you. And that's what the purpose of this episode is. So you can become aware of when the enemy is trying to distract you and recognize when life is trying to distract you and begin to manage both because we all deal with both aspects of distraction. Peter is proof that we can be in the midst of the miraculous, get distracted, but when we realign our focus, God will help us overcome. And another great biblical example. The Bible tells us about Martha in Luke chapter 10 and verse 40. And the King James says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. The King James uses the word cumbered, but I want you to notice what the new King James uses. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. The Bible uses the word distracted in the New King James. Martha didn't get the help she wanted from her sister Mary. It wasn't that Mary was lazy. She prepared as well as Martha, but Mary also sat at Jesus' feet. Did you catch that? It wasn't that she just picked one thing, but she learned how to manage to do both things. And that's something that we all have to manage in life. We have to learn to take responsibility and do the things that must be done, but at the same time, not allow them to distract us from the purpose that God has called us to. Yes, everyday life must be taken care of, but we must also rank them in order of importance which means we need a focused plan for fulfilling our purpose. You have to keep the main thing the main thing and don't let distraction lead to neglect. The Bible says that Nehemiah refused to be distracted. In Nehemiah chapter 6, he's building the wall. The people have a mind to work, and they're putting the wall back together of Jerusalem. And when they're making such great accomplishments where the wall's going up, but the doors and the gates have not yet been set, Sanballat and Tobiah and Gershom, they send messengers to Nehemiah because they want a meeting with him. In Nehemiah chapter number six and verse two, the Bible says that they sent these messengers saying, come, let us meet together. But verse three, Nehemiah responds saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why should I leave and come down to you? He understood 
We're doing a great work. The enemy's trying to distract us from that great work, but I'm not going to let the enemy distract us. I want to be more like Nehemiah. I want to not only be involved in great work, but I also want to be able to recognize when the enemy or life is trying to distract me from the great work. He recognized the importance of the work he was doing, and so must we. So how do we deal with distractions? Here are some keys. Number one, we need to focus on forward. Solomon said in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 through 27, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Solomon is saying you need to look directly forward. You need to plan your steps and you need to keep walking. Focus on the forward. Too many people remain tied to their mistakes and or their painful past. Number two, we need to frequently revisit our why. This will bring you back to the point and focus of your purpose, your why. And we're going to cover revisiting your why much deeper in a future episode. But you need to take time to realign and remind yourself of the greater thing that you're called to do. Because there are so many distractions in life that will keep you from accomplishing it. And one day will turn into a week, and a week will turn into a month, and a month into a year, and a year into a decade until we have got so out of a line according to what God has called us to do. And it started with a simple distraction. I don't want that to happen. I've got to keep my why the reason I'm created, in front of my eyes. We need to revisit that continually. By doing so, you will eliminate distractions in your life, and you will definitely easily learn to recognize them. Number three, be intentional with your time and attention. You need to have a moment that you can do a do not disturb or turn on focus mode for your life. Be intentional. One way to be intentional with your time and attention is live by a calendar. I do this. I have a daily calendar. My family has a family calendar. It's the work calendar. But I have a daily calendar where I know I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to accomplish this. And if I do those things each day, I know that my goals for the week will be accomplished. And you can make them not so strict, but at least have them before you where you can pay attention to them and see them. And then lastly, we need to prioritize the order of importance. It's the importance factor. Commit to aligning your life with what matters most each day. You can look at some things and go, my life is not going to end today if that doesn't get done. I know it may not look great sometimes, but it's going to be okay. There are some things that can wait. If there are other things that need to be accomplished, 
if there are other things that are more important, things vital to your home or things vital to your marriage or things vital to your work, things vital to your ministry, those things must take priority over everything else. Now, it's these things that we have to be very careful with because the enemy will distract our minds by saying, look at all these little things that you didn't get done today. But you need to remind him, but look at this big thing that I did get done today. Some of the little things, they really can wait until tomorrow. So prioritize the order of importance. Don't procrastinate, but do prioritize the things that are most important. Your ability to overcome distractions will be the number one determinant of how successful you are on your path of purpose. Don't let the life you have distract you from the life you want. You must not let what was, what didn't work, nor what could have been keep distracting you any longer. God has something great for you, listener, and it's time for you to move beyond the distractions and step into what God has called you to do. Step into your purpose. Follow the plan of God. Don't let the enemy distract you. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that God would encourage you today. Jesus, I'm asking you to help each listener be able to recognize and overcome every distraction that would come against them, that would try to rob them of their purpose. Not only reveal it, but give them the strength to overcome it. God, we know that you have called us to something great. Lord, you have called each listener to something powerful. And God, I come against every distraction right now in your name and declare that we are going to step into our purpose like never before. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum, that's G-I-L-L-I-A-M, on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, stay safe, take care, and let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives Podcast a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions. 